TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa dematis Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Connection. It's great to have you along on this Sunday. I am Ann Baldwin, President and CEO of Baldwin Media. I'm Lisa dematis Lapore, President and CEO of The Connection. Connection. We were just... Good morning. Ha- good morning. We were just having a fun little um, conversation because pet peeves. I don't have that many. I have like two Really? that I know of. Um, but one is when people click their pen. Okay. And there was just one of our guests was clicking their pen and I almost had to throw her out, but I just said she threw her pen on the ground. She can stay. Yes. Okay. All right. Isn't that funny? Well, it's, it's okay. Uh, yeah. What else? Just uh, that. And also um, like the paper around straws and napkins when people like you're at a restaurant and people are touching that, it makes my teeth hurt. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there might be a diagnosis for that. Oh, I'm um, sure there is. I, I'm not sure what it, although the ladies here may know, but we won't go there. No, we won't. I mean, I know I have been diagnosed with a lot of things and I, I think <laughs> I'll just deal with what I've got for now. But anyway, so we're here, you know, doing the show. We're in the studios here, Baldwin Media, New Britain. And I'm so happy to have some of our business neighbors and friends yes. here in the studio today. Uh, Gail Liebert and I go way back and Gail is the grand poobah, one of the grand poobahs at Kleenberg. And um, Kleenberg is really an amazing place, Lisa. And you know, you at The Connection, you do great work in so many arenas and so many areas. And and so doesn't Kleenberg. And that's what we're going to talk about Absolutely. is um, some of their programs of which there are so many and so many great stories. And we could go on and on and on. But today we've got Erica Mello. And she is with the Children's Advocacy Center. She's the director of that program. And Kathy Carbine, who is the clinical supervisor of outpatient services, which is located in Hartford. So we've got a full house. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. All right. So um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the services. And I know in talking to Gail and and her bringing you in here today, she had mentioned that this um, advocacy center is one of the newer programs that Kleenberg has. So let's talk a little bit about that. And, you know, what kind of why was it born, if you will? 
Yes, yeah, so um, we've been functional and, and up and running now since September 2017. Um, and really the idea behind a CAC is to provide uh, a central hub for a child abuse response. So um, when there's an allegation of child abuse, you have uh, law enforcement and DCF who are having kind of concurrent investigations and there could be confusion and lots of mayhem that goes on with that. Um, also, the more partners that are involved, uh, the more opportunities for the child and the caregiver to be um, re-traumatized. So um, the CAC movement actually began down in, in Huntsville, Alabama back in 1985. Um, ours has been open much less, uh, much less long, um, but uh, but it was started by a, a district attorney who, who sort of saw that down in his area. And since then, the CAC movement has really expanded. There are over 800 in uh, the US and abroad, and, and ours is one of the baby ones, but yeah. So, Erica, let me ask you this question about, um, I can't even imagine, you know, you think about victims of domestic violence or abuse of any kind. And sometimes, you know, maybe I watch too much television, but we know it's reality in real life, too. And I can't imagine going through that and then having to go through the discovery process and, and the maybe it goes to through the ju judicial process and all that. But for that, you need the information and you need the evidence. So what makes this um, application, if you will, or the way that these kids are t spoken to different than any other program? Right. Well, that's a great question. So we have specially trained forensic interviewers, um, and uh, their job is to, to do a few things. One, they're gathering information in a way that's child-friendly, but also non-leading, because kids are very impressionable. Um, we also uh, have the interviews live streamed to our investigative partners so the children don't have to interact with law enforcement or DCF if they don't want to. Um, and... Um, Therefore, not re-traumatized. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah, so the child, the ideal uh, scenario is that the child tells their story just the one time. Um, and we have that we have that input from the partners um, to ensure that um, we're getting all the information they need, but we're also doing it in a way that, that hopefully is, is minimally traumatizing to the children. Exactly. Can you talk about exactly what is trauma for those listening who may not understand? Sure. Do you want to take that one, Kathy? Yeah, I can. So trauma is a, a more of a disturbing or distressful situation that's happened to a child or family that's really impacted them negatively. Um, affects their functioning, their ability to feel safe, their ability to engage in um, school and environments. Um, so that's really just like the gist of what trauma can do. Mm -hmm. and, and we know that trauma is a lifelong healing process, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. It really takes a lot of, of work and clinical um, therapy to really rework the trauma so that they gain mastery over it. Exactly. So it's not controlling their lives. Exactly. Can you speak to the therapeutic interventions that you use for your clients? So more specifically, specifically that I've been trained in is um, trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a 16 to 21-week treatment modality that works with the children and families in providing psychoeducation on abuse, going over coping skills, relaxation, um, identifying affect, so meaning identifying feelings and being able to put a feeling to um, a situation, uh, cognitive coping. So when a child is traumatized or failing is, there's distorted thinking. So like thoughts that are not really appropriate. So they've come kind of disjointed or correct and so what happens is is that these kids have these false thoughts about the situation and their self-blame so they're working on that and working on that we're trying to change those things and kind of help with a the cognitive piece of changing the thinking and the brain and the connection 
Um, and then there's also a, a telling of the narrative. So they can get to a point where the parent are learning all these skills parallel to the child. Which is key. It is extremely key. Because without important. a support of parents, um, the resiliency and the child's ability to really overcome trauma is, is low. Right. And so that form of therapy goes is, is something that we really focus on in our clinic. Um, and then I'm also trained in child family traumatic stress intervention, which is a immediate response evidence-based practice right after a disclosure. So right after a forensic or within 40, 45 days of the incident or the disclosure at the interview, where it's really, again, psychoed piece, assessing their assessments like are the kids having a hard time sleeping? Are they, are they not functioning well at school? And educating the family and getting the kids and the family to talk about it. It's not a secret. It's exactly. not shame. Mm -hmm. So those are key things, really making a child have resilience and, and helping families cope through such difficult challenges. If I were to, if, if you were to sort of guesstimate, how many children do you typically serve in a year? And what is the average, or even monthly, and what is the average range of the children that you see? Obviously, there's there's a range, but are you seeing a specific group more than others, or is it just across In the regard board? to abuse type? Yes. <clears throat> I feel like we see a lot of sexual abuse. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think number-wise, it's not as high <laughs> as, as I would think I'm seeing it. It's a very consistent um, referral source. Yeah. Um, or problem sexualized behavior. So meaning kiddos who have engaged in some really negative right. sexualized behaviors. Um, on average, and we also get physical abuse, neglect, emotional. Sometimes it's, it's a gamut of many different of abuses and neglects um, that are kind of these poor kiddos have been through. And the youngest that you've seen? Four. Four. Yeah. In the CAC, we see three to up to 18, but also we see adults with developmental delays. Yes. Um, three years old. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with uh, Erica Mello, and she's the director of the Children's Advocacy Center, and uh, Kathy Carbine, the um, outpatient clinic supervisor um, for Kleinberg. And Kleinberg, historically, was the Kleinberg Children's Home. And uh, you go back to how that all started. You know, I don't know if you're aware of the history, uh, Lisa, but it was an orphanage for young people started by the Reverend Kleinberg. And, uh, and now you look at it and it's just, it's so encompassing. It's so many other things, um, so many other programs, two of which we're talking about here today on this show. And when you think about kids three years old yeah. on up having to deal with this kind of thing, it's so tragic, but yet it's such a blessing that there are programs that have been designed and devised just for you know, that, that age group. And I, I understand, you know, I have an eight year old daughter and she's, um, I, I don't like the word, but I guess it exists bullying. And there's this little girl that just made her hand into like a gun and I'm going to get you and was, you know, doing that to her in class. And she's talk about sleepless nights. She was traumatized by that. Um, and, but the conversations with the family and when my daughter, her mom said, look, you know, Brady, her husband, you know, he served in Afghanistan. He's a soldier. He's our soldier. He's here to protect us. We're all here to protect you. Those kinds of conversations are what are, have her sleeping through the night. So that's nothing compared to what some of these people go through. So thank you, first of all, yes. for what you do. Would you be able to share us a client story, of course, without revealing any identities or confidential info? 
to our yeah, listeners. Absolutely. So um, I had actually chatted with Kathy a little, yep. a little bit about this, and, and there's one case in particular um, that um, it started out in the CAC, um, and again, without um, giving uh, any identifying information away, um, it, there was some abuse allegations from a non-family member. Um, caregivers were struggling with the allegation the child was struggling they came in um, nobody was connected to any mental health services anything like that um, so our advocate that was working on the case um, connected them to Kathy um, well connected the child um, and has be- had an ongoing conversation with the caregivers as well um, I'll let Kathy talk a little bit about the therapeutic um, interventions as well but um, in the meantime um, that advocate was working with the MDT partners to give updates long story short this case is currently moving forward into prosecution uh, caregivers are, are still engaging in in, um, in advocacy to make sure any needs they have that are going to get in the way of them uh, providing that support to their child are met um, and one of those needs would be the clinical piece. So Yeah, so it was a really nice coordination between the CAC and the clinic. Um, it was smooth. It, you know, we got the family in pretty quickly once they were ready. They weren't ready right away after disclosure, but when they were ready. And I, and I really speak to Luz, um, Luz, one of the advocates, really doing that advocacy work, to, to being there and being where the family was at. Um, and this family has been engaged. They come consistently. Um, the parents are looking for information. They are supportive. Um, the kiddos engaged. It's like we're making strides. It is a slow process just due to the nature of this allegation, but it's it's wonderful to see because we don't always get those success stories. And, exactly. And but I'm a little confused though. So some child, what? so a young person, we'll just call them that, uh-huh. Um, goes to the parents and says, mom or dad, I think I've been inappropriately touched. That's typically that's how typi- it, yeah. Okay, that's how it works. Okay, and then, so then the family support, you keep calling them the caregiver, yeah. but okay. So the mom and dad said, well, we want to take this to the next step. So they go in for the forensic interview process, right? They'll connect with um, likely DCF or law enforcement. So that's how we get our forensic interview uh-huh. referrals. Okay. Um, and we don't schedule unless both law enforcement and DCF have at least been notified of the case. They can choose. Sometimes you'll have a situation where just one will be involved, but um, we want to make sure that they both are, are in the loop at least. Um, so um, that's when the family would come right. to us. Okay. And then you talk about the forensic video that happens and, and then that's also the tool that is then used in taking it to the next step, which is prosecution. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. And also for treatment, too. So this child, um, I forgot to mention, also had a, an appointment with our um, partners over at CCMC, yep. the SCAN program, um, and we actually will have them on site very soon. They're going to be able to do medicals right at the CAC. Oh, that's um, great. Very yep. soon, yes. Um, but... Uh, but the uh, interview can also be used to help Kathy make her clinical assessments for the mm-hmm. doctors so that they don't have to re-interview that child as well. They can get an idea of what the allegation was um, to also make sure that child is medically okay. Mm-hmm. So I, have, I do have a question because I think this is really key, especially for the work that we do at The Connection. Um, you're As a staff person and a professional, you're constantly hearing trauma lot of trauma yourself from right from your clients and so uh, staff self-care is key absolutely it's so important in this work that we do and um, so what I'd like to talk to you about because you guys have such a great reputation is talk about self-care for your staff and what do you do um, what do you provide your staff 
to be sure that there's self-care. I'm excited that you asked about that. Um, we are we're very big on that at Klingberg, um, and we're even developing it in the CAC currently um, with my help, just some self-care groups talking about what what's called vicarious traumatization right where we're traumatized by those stuff we hear daily and what that looks like and how that affects us and how it can affect into our personal life and our work um be having good clinical supervision having supervision is so key it is absolutely um along with really providing support staff meetings and places where sometimes we're just not talking about the work we're grounding ourselves it's great to hear that obviously you know you have to keep that at the forefront of the work that you do because hearing that over and over again is really extremely difficult for staff and staff are our most important asset right to get this work Mm -hmm. done and it's just it's great to hear which I of course knew that you did that but I wanted you to talk about it because I think that folks listening have to wonder you know how do you continue to do the Mm -hmm. do the work that your great staff do Mm -hmm. right how do you get up and go to work every day we're talking about Kleinberg's Children's Advocacy Center it's also called the KSAC, right? KCAC. KCAC. And what it really is, is a hub of multidisciplinary partnerships between really professionals that investigate these allegations. Um, You know, and it's really looking into this from a child friendly, developmentally friendly and clinically appropriate manner. That's really what this is all about. And then those results are referred to the child and adolescent trauma services Um, which then provides those wraparound services. So it's not like you've got to go through this whole process before the child or the victim gets the immediate help that they need. You're addressing the immediate needs of that victim, if you call it that, right off the bat. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason for this response too. Is you, from even a, an investigative standpoint, you have better <laughs> outcomes um, when when kids are healthy and and able to participate in their investigation. If our listeners are interested to learn more about your organization, would you please share your um, website information? Yes, that's uh, klingberg.org, and that's spelled K-L-I-N as in Nancy, G-B-E-R-G dot org. Yay. Nice job. All right. (laughs) All right. If you didn't get that right, you got a problem because (laughs) you did a really good job of telling us how to do that, Erica. Thank you very much. You know, and there are great programs over there. A lot, you know, some of the programs I've learned a lot about Queenberg over the years and had the opportunity um, to be involved, whether it's, you know, your car shows that you have or um, just so many great things. And like your organization, everybody needs to fundraise. Everybody needs to support these organizations and the good work that they're doing because because, you know, the the reality is real that funds are getting shorter and shorter. So this is just one more example of how Kleinberg has started as an orphanage and expanded services in so many different arenas, um, of which these are just two. I think one of the things that you both have in common, the connection and Kleinberg, is your, you know, therapeutic foster care program and the need for foster parents. So it's not like anybody's stepping on anybody's toes, man. Everybody needs these things. Everybody needs a good family and uh, and just needs a loving home and a roof over their head. And kids go through so much today. I see some of these kids and I hear about some of these situations and you wonder, you know, they don't have a shot in hell at, at you know, becoming a productive member of society if they don't get services and the help and the love that they deserve. It's so sad. Exactly. And that's why we're, we're in the community helping. There's enough, there's enough need. And if we can just help out and wherever they can get services, it, 
It makes a huge difference. So what are the next steps for your organization? And then I also know that, you know, there's so many um, different organizations for like mandatory reporting now, you know, whether it's educators or daycare providers or whomever. So I would assume that the awareness and the work log and the number of people coming forward is growing, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, So um, recently the CEC has seen a pretty big um, uptick in, in our workload. So we've had uh, the fortune of um, receiving some additional funding from VOCA that allowed us to expand our advocacy services, our mental health services. um, And with that also came some physical plant expansion, which we're actually in the process of wrapping up, which is very exciting. Um, The CAC was also recently um, awarded a a grant that allows us to create a 40-hour um, advocacy um, training specific to child abuse, mm-hmm. which That's is wonderful. Yep, mm-hmm. and it'll be available statewide. It'll be also on our uh, on a learning management system, so each of the modules will be accessible after the fact. So really, um, we're, we're moving in a lot of different directions. Um, it's exciting. Yeah, and I think with all those new mandated reporting, um, getting out there doing trainings, there's a minimal facts mm-hmm. curriculum that um, we can do in the schools and with, uh, there's two different um, versions, but there's one in the schools for um, for folks that might um, get a disclosure and not know how to handle that, so. Well, so you gotta educate, diff- there's different layers of communication, right? Um, and everybody's gotta have awareness, That that's great. I'm gonna ask maybe what might be considered a tough question, but I would assume that not all allegations of abuse turn out to be factual. I've seen a lot of, you know, false reporting or kids, like you said, they have imaginations or maybe they're being told by an alienated parent that that this is what you need to say happened to you. So I'm also assuming that your tools will help identify something that may not be a reality. That certainly does happen from time to time. I think that's um, a lot more rare than, than, than the other version um, but, but yes the um, within even the forensic interview there are um, parts of the the curriculum that um, look for essentially detecting coaching um, but it, would, it is possible but I would imagine that once the allegation gets to you it has been um, right it's been vetted it's been vetted and it's been yeah, yeah. law enforcement DCF yeah, that's yeah. a good point because it doesn't get to you without going through those channels and I bet there's so many more out there that's why I think it's so great that programs like this you know that Kleinberg is really spearheading um, raises awareness for all of us and that's why we wanted to have you on this program today is because we all need to be more aware we all need to um, you know, help these young people get the support and the help that they need and, and persecute and put these criminals where they need to be too. Because, um, you know, while they're out there on the streets, I mean, it was just a social media today. Another, you know, child has gone missing walking home from school and it's, it's just horrible. And you don't always know who to trust anymore. You know, you thought you could leave your kid with that next door neighbor because they're nice people, but maybe not. Or you thought the neighborhood boy was a great babysitter, maybe not. You know, all these different scenarios that go through your mind. So I think additional training, professionalism, and I'm glad to see that you're getting additional funding because you know what that means? What you're doing is working. Absolutely. Proven results. And that's that's where the money comes from. We are grateful for the work that you're doing. Yes. So this was very interesting. Not one of those topics that you always want to have to talk about, but it's, it's great that there are resources out there for people who need them. 
That's what we talk about on the show all the time, right, Lisa? Yes, we do. Yes. And again, if you want more information on this great organization, they've got great events coming up. It's a great place to go visit. They've got a nice little museum, which I just saw the other day, which is really cool. One of the few orphanages that has their actual museum. It's really, it's it's a jaw dropper and a tearjerker at the same time. And that website address is Kleinberg, K-L-I-N-G-B-E-R-G dot O-R-G. So this was interesting, and uh, we want to thank, as we always do, you, our listeners, for tuning in to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.